Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Wade In, Betfair's Wade In podcast, coming to you bright and early on a Monday morning. It's July week, we're off the back of the eclipse at Sandown. It's just a lovely time of year. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. As do the boys. TC's in excellent form because he's tipping winners left, right and centre. Brendan Duke's had the weekend of his life because he's such an Aidan O'Brien fanboy. And Kevin Blake is heading off to the sales where he's going to make millions. So look at that. The mood is happy. How are you, Kev? Good. Good form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got absolutely hammered down with rain and gold in this morning, Vanessa, which was absolutely, you know, welcomed with um, open arms, etc. So, yeah, yeah, happy out. Nice. And Brendan, am I right that you're in flying form off the back of the eclipse? Ah, oh, yeah, yes. A, a, a superb race lived up, lived up to its billing. And there's a bit of a, speaking of duels, there's a duel going on in the Tour de France at the moment. They're having a rest day. So uh, I, I've decided to do some work uh, for, for, for a change and let them have a day off. So uh, all is good in the sporting world. Hell of a sporting time, isn't it? The Ashes mm. as well. Even I got involved in that. Bit of Wimbledon, loving oh. that. Good racing. Just can't yeah. beat it. Tour de France. My dad is losing his life. He follows tennis, cricket, um, racing, and cycling pretty intently. So he's just ah. losing his life up there in York. Imagine a world without sport. Oh. Well, what, what, what would we do? Well, well, it, it turns out we'd all watch dating shows because that's what people who don't watch sport watch. And uh, it, that is a bit of a contact sport as well, isn't it, Vanessa? So uh, <laughs> we, we go in all guns blazing. <laughs> I yeah I don't know if I, what Brendan is referring to here is I listeners and we're recording at 8am this morning because I'm going on a date I know shocking pause TC looks absolutely baffled by this not baffled it's like bored shitless let's crack on 10.30am <laughs> the only thing I was going to say was just when the Tour de France has a rest day, is that when they all have their EPO injections, Brendan? Ah, cynicism. <laughs> Enough of that. This Look at no cynical TC. TC, uh, you're we... meant to be in good form. You too. I am in good form. I'm just like, cycling's a busted flush, Brendan. You must know that. You must state the racing. It's a different world now, Tony. They, uh, cycling is one of the sports that looked inward and, and tried to change. Uh, and and is, all, is all the better for it. We believe in the supermen. Right. Shall we, on that note, supermen included, shall we talk about the Coral Eclipse? Let's kick off with reaction to Sandown on Saturday. Good racing throughout the car, but obviously the Eclipse, the big race of the day. Uh, just the four runners go to post. We spoke about it plenty on Racing Only Better on Thursday. And Paddington was the one who came out on top with Emily up, John chasing him home. The two of them pulling a good way clear of the other two. It was the race we wanted, obviously only four runners, but it was such a tactical and interesting affair. Uh, Brendan, I'm going to come to you first here because I know you feel passionately about the winner and the race itself. So come on, dissect it for us, Brendan. Well, the, the, the race itself, as, as I mentioned earlier, they lived up to its billing. West Wind Blows went out, made it a reasonable gallop. Paddington took it up with a view to seeing off Emily Upjohn and had to see off two surges for her. She, 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 came, she came at him twice and twice he repelled her, despite his uh, rather ungainly head carriage. He, 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 he's as tough as nails, uh, that, that horse. Um, I mean, before we go into pure Aidan O'Brien fanboy mode. Little shout out to Johnny G and his team with the job they've done with Emily Upjohn. I mean, she stepped beautifully in the race. I see no reason why she didn't run a career best there, uh, given mm -hmm. she, her how energy efficient she was through the race. And I mean, the, the, they can be looking forward to the arc with her. She's probably actually a fitty. I mean, she seems very ground versatile sort, but probably ideally being such a big girl and hitting the ground so hard. Probably a little bit of ease in the ground would be no harm, and they can look forward to targets later in the season, including the arc with with, with our sex allowance. But uh, Paddington was was able to concede the sex allowance to her, and I mean, uh, what a horse he is! And you just, I mean, obviously you do want want to look back and, and celebrate it, but just with the trajectory that he's on, you can't help but look forward. And it seems to me that Aiden like one of these great auteurs, like a Fellini or a Tarantino or something. I mean, 
over 20 years ago, he directed one of the, the great three-year-old campaigns with, with Giants Causeway. Now, he's kept busy in the interim, in fairness. He, he hasn't rested on, on his laurels, but I think all the all the time, in the back of his mind, he was thinking, can I find a vehicle to do the Giants Causeway reboot? And lo and behold, he's only gone and found him in the Madrid handicap, and uh, <laughs> which just... Which just adds another little wrinkle. It's not exactly the same picture, and I suppose it won't finish up the same way. Giant Giants Causeway Stellar Campaign finished up in a Breeders' Cup Classic, but he had that American those American elements in his, his pedigree. It'd be very surprising to see Paddington run on dirt, but I do think that he'll go for the Sussex. I do think he'll go for the Judmont International, the Irish Champion Stakes, which of course my obsession with the Irish Champion. I'm not sure what's going to happen here because. I feel like as as this develops, the Giants Causeway narrative will take over. But in the background is the Galileo narrative to to to, to go from the King King George to the Irish Champion Stakes with Auguste Rodin, and they probably would like to get a, a ten furlong Group One with him. So he has that in in the back. He has other projects on the go, like all the great directors, the Master of Ballydoyle. But <laughs> I, I, I I I I just feel like there's a case to be made to say that Paddington is the more valuable stud prospect, uh, given. Okay, he didn't uh, do much as a two-year-old, but Sayumi. Uh, his, his his sire was a, a top class two year old. He has won the Group One over a mile. He's shown such durability in terms of I imagine um, uh, breeders look at this for, uh, to to try to get into their stock uh, horses with uh, f- physical robustness. So you could make a case that, and the, of course the, the the big thing is all uh, from from a um, Coolmore perspective is all their Galileo mares can be sent to Paddington. So they might just say, I think we'll, we'll let Paddington go for the Irish champion stakes. Uh, but the, 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 the important thing is that he's just going to keep rolling. He's going to take his eight days rest now. Aiden's going to look him. He's going to bounce out of a stall and Aiden will go right onto the Sussex, onto the Judd Bond International. I mean, it's just, I mean, what a man he is because you need a, you need a trainer like him. I mean, there are some great trainers out there. We gave a shout out to John Gosden earlier. There are great trainers out there, but there aren't many trainers with the background that, Aiden has for, from working with Jim Bulger and this theory that they're not earning anything standard in the stable. I mean, there's, there's very few people who, when they discover an uncut gem like this horse, would just decide, well, we're going to run him every month. But yeah. it looks like that. It looks like that's exactly what he's going to do. And I tip my cap to him. Well, Brendan has rattled through the race itself, the future <laughs> for the horse and the future stud career. Beautifully done there. I hope nothing stops Paddington in his tracks for Brendan's sake. Um, TC, on the day, how did the betting play out? The race in the sort of hour or so before, was the, who was the money for? Who was the support for in the race? Yeah, I just, I just had a banana while Brian, uh, Brendan was speaking there. I could have had a free fucking course meal. Jesus Christ. Why are you? That, what is wrong with you today, uh, TC? Why I'm, are you not, I'm just saying. Right? That was a, a full summary from the Duke. That was the Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, the betting was not one way, really. Um, all the money was for Paddington. Uh, the Emily Upjohn fans actually got 3.4 just before the off. Um, and all the late money, though, uh, was for Dubai Honor, uh, trading at around 14 and 15 all day, smashed into nine literally in the last 10, 20 seconds. So, yeah, uh, wow. obviously, the, the Australian reform didn't work out with Dubai Honor. Um, I've got nothing really more to, uh, to add to what Brendan said, other than the fact he was quite telling that Moore said afterwards that he didn't think Paddington was at his best. And having spoken to Ryan beforehand, and you, you have to do a fair amount of reading through the lines, I think they expected him to win a bit more easier than he did. Um, so, yeah, um, evens for the Sussex, uh, 72 for the Judgment for Paddington, fours uh, for the the Judmont and 92 for the King George for um, Emily Upjohn. And obviously she got the arc as the main target as well. So yeah, hopefully Paddington rocks up for the Sussex. Well, if you, if you backed him at, if you're backing him at even money, you'd, you'd hope he goes there. Uh, Kev, TC says there that, you know, if you read between the lines, maybe they were expecting him to get it done in a slightly easier fashion, but the way in which he goes about his races and that head carriage, lots of people are focusing in on. I don't think he's ever going to be a particularly flashy type, is he? I feel like he just got left in front a little bit early out in the middle of the track. 
Um, like I don't see loads wrong with his head carriage. You know where it's coming from, and, and like really, it sort of changed when he got to the front. In that, you know, he just cocked it a little bit to one side, you know, which indicated to me like he was idling out in the middle of the track, uh, as Ryan has suggested. And that's the way it looked to me. Um, ultimately, well on top, you know, got the trip really well, um, you know, settled perfectly fine over a longer trip. Um, very difficult performance to, to, to pick at. And sure, he's just been brilliant, hasn't he? You know, gone from 97 up to a three-time Group 1 winner in 104 days, I make it, Vanessa. And that, that's... Wow. That's not a that, that's not a long time at all, um, and as Brendan alluded to, like just he, he's just going to be a really important horse, um, you know, in search of the the next big one for Coolmore because they they have already um, two of you know arguably well before Paddington certainly the two best sons of Sayuni um, at stud in St Mark's Basilica and Satsas, but they were both out of Galileo mares, um, whereas this fellow's out of a Montjuic mare. Um, which which makes the, the 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 scenario a little bit different in that they'll have no trouble sending Galileo Mares to Paddington in the fullness of time. Uh, will be inbred to Sadler's Wells, but not in not in an overly close manner. Um, and you know, after the Derby, I made mention of you know the I suppose the pity that Aidan O'Brien and Coolmore didn't have more time with Deep Impact. You know, they only had Aidan only had you know has had, you know, a dozen or so runners by Deep Impact. How many sons of Sayuni have run for Aidan O'Brien, Vanessa? Have a poke, have a guess. Very few. I wouldn't... Five. Wouldn't... Yeah, oh. okay. Five, and he's had uh, two of those are the best sons of Sayuni in St. Mark's and now Paddington. Um, and I, only, I believe only last year was when they started sending mares to Sayuni themselves. The, right. the five that the five that they'd run, four of them were bought as yearlings. One of them was was a horse in training, um, Libervito. Excuse me. So yeah, I was I was doing a bit of um, searching on this this morning, and yeah, they sent about ten last year, about fifteen this year. You know, all the big names that you'd be expecting, the vast majority of them by Galileo. Um, so. Aiden's going to be training a fair few more of these in future. Um, but in Paddington, like he has um he, he has a very important one there that you could you could only but admire. Um onwards we go. Like I I, I think that the fact that they're talking about Sussex was maybe a small surprise. Um there would have been maybe a, an assumption that the job month international might have been the more obvious target. Um but look, as Brendan says, the the, the parallels with Giants Causeway are there. Um Giants Causeway came back. And got the job done at Goodwood. Um, you know, super exciting prospect um, to, to look forward to. And yeah, great, great to see him. He's been a bit left field, you know, out of a crop that produced Little Big Bear and August Rodan. You know, no one was talking about Paddington through the winter. And now, look, he's emerging as as potentially the, the best of the whole lot. Yeah, it's amazing. 104 days, is it? It's incredible, really, that, that group one spree for him. And before we move on from the eclipse itself, Tell you what, I rarely get a day at home to just like genuinely sit back and enjoy racing, like watch racing on terrestrial television without any interruptions. And I so enjoyed the ITV coverage. I just loved it. They had so much time to give it the full hype, obviously only the four runners. And so you want to give it the best sort of insight you possibly can to make it interesting. I just thought everything they did about it, like the interviews beforehand, the paddock coverage, the tactical discussion around the race, the actual call itself was brilliant by Richard Hoyles. Just loved it. And I thought that is, if we can showcase racing like that more often, when we've got more time, you'd get more people engaged in our big race meetings. Obviously, the other channel, uh, Racing TV, where I had the Rampack Saturday, I'd normally watch them, but I chose to watch ITV. And I just thought it was class. Much enjoyed. TC, did you? Where did you watch it? Do you watch ITV coverage? Uh, uh, racing TV on a day like that is completely unwatchable. Um, even after ITV went off air, racing TV, I just like muted it. It's like I wanted to watch the racing, but it was just like everywhere, wasn't it? Um, no, ITV. Um, they've up their game betting wise. Uh, it's quite well known. I canvassed about twelve uh, punters off Twitter. Very well known. Fed them into ITV about how they can improve their betting coverage. Uh, the betting coverage improvement's been led by Richard Hoyles. That comes in. Chamberlain's really buying into it. Very good with the exchange 
movers and in running and just the betting in general. Uh, so they've improved there. Um, obviously, you highlighted all the best bits. I mean, the, there was obviously a lot of ridicule about Matt Chapman doing his pace map. Yeah, with, so with again. Idiots, with four idiots bike near the uh, near the weighing room. Um, that Obviously, that got a lot. That got a bit of uh, abuse. It got but, loads of flack. But again, like, I... Okay, it's not for us. It's not for the purists. It's not for the people that, that day Vanessa, in day that's out. Not for anybody, isn't it? I mean, that was that. Was but just... so, but like, some might didn't mind it. You know, they're they're on terrestrial television talking about pace maps. You know, they're illustrating yeah, like, how... it. Oh, you should accuse yourself, Mister ITV man. You... No, yeah, I'm... you know, I'm I'm all for the pace maps. You know, and they're doing it in a way that you know it's a, it's not the way I would have done it. But they're talking about pace maps and terrestrial TV, so yeah. I'm not going to knock but, it yeah, too much. Over, overall, apart from that element of it. <laughs> I thought I thought it was it was all right, and like I said, the more betting input, the better. Because as we all know, the vast majority go into it because they've had a punt, not because Absolutely. they want to see a questionable pace map. And you know where I watched it from, Vanessa. Go on, yeah, you were on the jolly holidays, weren't you? Well, I was away for two days, if that counts. Yeah, it yeah. In a year, I was on one of the Aran Islands. Um, on the, on literally on the back of a bicycle out in the field in the middle of nowhere. God bless Irish infrastructure, but so we don't say it very much. I had four G coverage out in the corner of Inishir and was able to watch the race on my telephone. So yeah, there you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Him and his wife met another couple. They decided to do a uh, eclipse pace map while they were waiting for the <laughs> on their bikes. <laughs> on on the bicycles, yeah. 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 Now, hey, hey, there's an idea in there. The next pace map on the next big race Saturday. Get the bicycles out, lads. We'll do it in real time. It'll be yeah. lovely. Well, and look, we can, uh, enjoy, the only I problem is if we uh, if we get and... if we get one of those uh, Tour de France people going out in front, <laughs> uh, probably, <laughs> probably go a mile clear and stay there. <laughs> Won't be able to stop them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, I like yeah, love it or hate it. At least they're trying something different, and I'm here for it. Um, let's and what they put in their own bodies is their own business. There you go. Um, <laughs> well said, Kev. Yeah, we all agree with that. Uh, other Sandown results to discuss. Let's kick off with Equality, who won the Coral Charge. Uh, TC, a good result for syndicates in what's been a bad, another bad week for the old syndication game. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really pay any attention to that kind of stuff. Coral okay. Charge, it's kind of, it has no relevance to future racing, Sandown, five furlong sprints. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it, it's a no. TC is in like cranky old form today, isn't it? Not even the biggest tracker men are gonna say, Oh, I'm gonna put a quality in because he won because he got the run of the race when seven others didn't and the uh, coral charge on Saturday. Well, the, I suppose the only thing you would say is that he's come in on the back of a ramp in a, in a, in a winter handicap and he started off last season off 82, he's going to be up to 110, 111 now. Supplement him for the July Cup at midday. Get him in I'm just saying he's not a, he's not a million miles off an unpark. He'd have to take another step forward, but it's not impossible. I, I just wouldn't totally dismiss the horse. There you go. Not totally dismissed by Brendan. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, what about Perotto winning the mile handicap, Kev? Uh, the scarless Kevin Blake, free uh, scars, and comes in here, tips him on racing any better for this, and away and gone, Kev. Yeah, it was great. Um, got a, got a much kinder spin than he had at Ascot. Um, Hood didn't really make much impression on him. He was still pretty strong now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, they'll need to put three hoods on him the next time. Um, but he he was good now. Yeah, he had a lovely spin around. Um, ultimately won quite well. Um, you know, clearly well handicapped. Um, but um, yeah, nice when it um nice when it happens. So um, will he be one to follow up? I'm not so sure, but I'd say as a type, like maybe like he doesn't he doesn't get loads of chances to go around the bend. Um I'd say that was no harm for him now. And if they could find another um turning mile for him, um that, that might give him the best chance to to drive on again um off his revised mark. He's um he's eight to one joint favourite of the sports book for the mayor and Shondon on King George Day. Yeah, he's, he's also in the go the golden mile. Um, oh, there you go. Which, um, the race you're sponsoring, Kev, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is uh, is isn't named after the Great Village? I don't believe, but um, we can't rule it out. Um, uh, yeah, he is in that. He'll have um, 
he'll have a three pound penalty, which um, I would leave him a few couple of pounds well in, I'd say. Yeah. Um, Brendan, what about Mystic Pearls bringing a bit of a surprise in the distaff in the listed race, um, beating Stenton Glider and Bridestones, who both got better runs. Well, both ran good races, really. But for Tom Marquand and William Haggis, letting a horse like that go off at 22s, but I mean, like, rightly so. Any thoughts in hindsight for this surprise? I mean, I can't believe she went off 22s. She should have been 222s, right? <laughs> uh, uh, Subtle. Musselburgh, Catterick, Sandown, her last four starts of 78. So, I mean, he's gone north and he's gone west and he's gone south to try and win a <laughs> handicap of 78. As the boy Haggis does, he's not he's not noted for tilting up windmills. I don't know if the, I mean, I suppose the temptation of the black type, this was a listed race, but I reckon the owner must have been in, in London for the weekend or something. It's the only explanation <laughs> why, why this Philly, Philly was even in the race. I, 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 I have absolutely no idea how this happened. And I just really don't think you, you could think it was anything but a fluke. Um, well, I'll tell you, Brennan, if you, uh, if, you, if you didn't think it was a fluke, she's, she's actually in the July sale on, um, on Thursday. And she hasn't been withdrawn yet, and even though I suspect oh. she will, even though I suspect she will yeah. be. So this is oh, this was the that? this was the ultimate flipping fortunes, I'd imagine. She was she was on her way, I'd imagine, to the July oh, sale. Right. Oh, okay, so uh, they, 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 they didn't run her to get the black type two seller. They. Yeah, I'd say it was just ah, she's going to the sales lads. There's a listed race there. See what happens. We might she might ah, she might right. she might finish fourth and get us go yeah, stone yeah. up the weight to make a few more quid. And then she goes and wins. What a game, lads. What a game. <laughs> Hang on. Sorry, just sorting out my headphones. Um yeah, July sales might come to that in due course. Uh last race to discuss at Sandown, just a quick mention to Liz Bow and in the 10 furlong handicap TC. Team Gosden, Ryan Moore on board, blinkers on, makes all, bolts in. Everyone gives a, him a freebie in front. I mean, what happened there? Exactly what you just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I only put it there because obviously there was a lot of talk on social media, what they doing, giving him, a, uh, you know, that kind of rope. But he was quite a fascinating horse, actually, because... Uh, if you have a look, Ryan Moore rarely rides in the last race of the day. Um, obviously, I do all these columns. And I've always put it to him, you don't ride in the last race of the day because you want to miss all the traffic. Uh, but he had, to, he had to stay for this one because it's a Galileo uh, Colt out of 110 rated um, mare. I mean, it was Gosden, first time blinkers, up to a mile two for the first time, given the Galileo angle, um, off a mark of 73. Uh, you know, he was bred to he was bred to win like that, but perhaps not in the style. So, when you get a top class jockey going out in front like that, so far clear, my my natural instinct is to say everyone else has fucked up, and they probably did. Fair. <laughs> um, I really, I was one oh one there, TC, that you were going to give us a Gosden first time headgear stat. And you no, said- I, uh, the blinkers isn't that great. Um, it's when he's got a first time hood. Um, that's that's okay. the real 30-odd percenter. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, we'll move on to Haydock and stick with UTC because Lordship notches up a third win on the bounce for Team Haggis, this improving handicapper now in a very different style to his previous wins. He had to tough it out a bit more, obviously up in grade at Haydock, um, but he's a horse on the improve and he's going to have bigger aspirations again next, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a look at the run he got, I mean, I was like cursing the jockey two out because only a bad run was going to get him beat from that point. He was travelling like a dream. Um, won very, very well, only by length, but I think he was dominant at the line. It's interesting that Maureen Haggis, after the race, echoed what you said after the armour front, that they'll, they really want to see this horse with a bit of dig in the ground, which they didn't get um, uh, on, on uh, Haydock on Saturday. They're going to go the Melrose. Uh, they're going to go the same route as with Solcombe last year. And, I, and I'm kind of half suspecting it goes very close or wins the Melrose and then gets sold to Australia uh, like Solcombe did. So um, we've just heard this morning that Docklands is going to be left with Harry Eustace for the next couple of runs, but he's going to, Docklands is going to probably end up in Australia. So it could be another 
burgeoning talent that gets sold off before we see the end product. So, but I was like massively impressed by it. Um, it was a length win. I suspect the handicap will go a bit more punchy or something like six, but I, I just thought, yeah, bundles in hand. Bundles in hand, one to keep on side. Um, what about Lancashire Oaks, Brendan? We saw Poptronic cause spring a little bit of a surprise, beating Sea Silk Road, who went off seven to four and went, I think, at least the nose ahead at one stage, traded at 106. Was it TC in running? It was. Silk Road only for Poptronic to get back up at the line and what is a has been a very good few days for Carl Burke obviously had a winner in France yesterday as well things going well for him but a bit of a gutter for Silk Road backers she had it there to win and just I don't know yeah. just Collapsed. Well, well, there were pro probably a couple of factors at play because uh, Pop Poptronic turned around. She'd been beaten a length and a half by her uh, in the previous t time in, in Haydock. So now Poptronic settled a little bit better on Saturday, which is probably a factor. But I think she was also advantaged by track position and Sea Silk Road. Just, I mean, I still thought she was going to win. Obviously, she was 106, but probably just had to use up a fraction too much gas to get there and was susceptible to the re rally from Poptronic, which, in fairness, she, she was game out, wasn't she? And um, it, it was interesting that 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 she settled nicely up with the pace. So uh, could could be a progressive filly. Is a progressive filly could could go again. Okay, is a progressive filly could step forward again. Uh, TC, quick mention for the old Newton Cup. A reserve wins that in Wooden Sun, who went off fifteen to two in the end for the Richard Fahey team, uh, beating a couple of other fancied horses in behind. But obviously, a race sort of. Slightly picked apart, but I think was it six non-runners on the day because of the ground? Yeah, I, the horse I fancied, actually, the horse came out in time for him to run, Knightswood, mm. but he got pulled out lame, which allowed Wooden Sun, uh, was it Wooden Sun? Yeah, yeah. Uh, allowed that to run. It wasn't unbacked. Um, I don't know how, how strong that handicap was in the, in the final analysis, but the thing that really strikes me about people on social media and journalists as well, actually, why can't they spell Wooten Bassett? I, mean, I know you've got a couple of double O's and double T's and a double S and a double T, but the amount of times I see it spelled incorrectly, that's my fucking head in. Don't talk to me about spelling because I'm severely dyslexic, so I could really get that wrong at some point. <laughs> I'll tell you what yes. to do. If you're dyslexic, then actually go and have a look and copy it. I do that a lot. Don't you worry. Sorry, I haven't spelled his name wrong. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> um, what else do we have to cover from the weekend? Ireland. Let's go to Ireland next. Quiet enough weekend in Ireland, Kev. But Henry Adams won a maiden at Nace. TC's actually shoved this on the running order in pretty decent style. But under the seven-pound claimer, Killian Hennessy, who I'd like to know more about, please, because obviously... Had a good few rides in 2017, 2018, and plenty of winners. It's been very quiet for him the last couple of years, and he's only had three rides this year, and one of them's a winner on a nice horse like Henry Adams. Uh, what What is the story with this chap, please? Oh, Killian's been around a long time. He's, he's been riding for, for 10 years or so. Um, would have ridden winners, you know, years ago and has basically been in part of the Bally Doyle team for the last couple of years. Uh, Luxury primarily works there, I suppose. Uh, you know, it's similar to the likes of um, Emmett McNamara, I suppose. In, in years gone by, you know, Park Beggy, people like that, they they're big big part of the team in Bally Doyle, but wouldn't necessarily um, get a heap. You know, have take a heap of rides on the track and um, Luxury with, with other riders elsewhere, and uh, the likes of uh, Wayne Lorden uh, still still in the hospital actually, Wayne. Um, unless oh, he's come yeah. out this morning. Um, he had a he got a got a right thump um in the the Irish Derby as we know um and it has necessitated I suppose a longer stay in hospital than one would have imagined but um he's he's very much on the mend and is due to come out soon he may already be out I don't have the the bang up to date news so we wish him well but uh, great to see Killian um um out and riding a winner and, and I'll tell you a lovely horse too um beat a very well fancied one of. Michael Callahan's, who's rarely too far off the mark when one of the, when one of those is well fancied, um, well bred horse, you know, no name ever um, out of a out of a Galileo mare that the O'Briens, um, that the that the O'Briens have, and yeah, looked lovely start. He's going to boot on now straight into the sixth company, you'd imagine, and um, this was a really nice start, I thought. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather. 
a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18plusbegambleaware.org And Espionage also made a good comeback run at Ross Common this week. The latest seasonal reappearance, Brendan, uh, and mm. up dramatically in trip for Espionage. What next? Where do we think? What do you think the plan Actually, Brendan, is? You, there's a couple of other news angles to that Henry Adams, actually. But, Brendan, you were actually there. Weren't you? you were taking you, one of your panic, your panic uh, analysis. Oh, he's a, he's, a, he's a really good-looking horse, beautifully pr- proportioned. Um, but it's rare you see a horse so green in the race. Um, and it, it was just... I suppose it was just an... Now, I, after time, and I had a few quid enough because I, re- I really liked him at the ring. Now, the, Big drift, though, isn't it? Yeah, big drifter. The, the the second is is also uh, quite a, quite a taking specimen. But I thought Henry Adams was the best looking horse in the race, and despite being very sleepy walking around the ring, I thought I'd take a chance on him. Um, and then, I mean, I suppose when you back the horse, you're delighted when the jockey gets stuck into them. But he really did get stuck into him. I, I'm not sure. Because when you back a horse on debut, you kind of think, well, I know that uh, Colin Keane wrote the second, gave it a couple of backhanders. And Colin Keane wrote a winner for Philly for Jair on debut earlier in the card. Again, gave her a couple of backhanders, one ahead. Now, if she'd have got beaten, people would have said, oh, if he'd got stuck into her. But, you know, it's part of the game that, that the horses are trying on debut, but they're not going to be beaten up. But Killian Hennessy really got stuck into Henry Adams there. He was so green. Maybe it'll be, be the making of him and he, he, he learned plenty. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a strange ride to, to give a, a horse on. It was, he actually got four days for it. Right. Uh, for XFU. And looking at the race, I reckon if that race was run in England, it gets chucked. It gets disqualified. Because I reckon he's probably hit that horse nine, yeah. possibly ten times. Yeah, possibly. So if, he yeah. Go, that, if, he, if he goes four over in England on that ride, which I suspect he probably did, I, I'll have to go back and double check. That could have been chucked in England. Gave him a proper day at school, essentially. Yeah, um, did he overdo it though? That, that's the only thing. I just wonder from, from the connections perspective, that's all. I mean, I, 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 again, he, he got the horse home. Um, but I just it, the horse did look awkward, to be honest. Uh, he did. He did. He did. Uh, espionage, Brendan? Oh, sorry, by, 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 that was quite a digression. Was it? Yes, Espionage, uh, very likeable horse. I was really looking forward to him this season. He was kind of my long-range dar- derby fancy. I haven't felt he was unlucky not to win uh, a, a Group 1 in, in France at the back end of last season. Obviously, had growing pains, training issues, wh- wh- whatever they are. Very stoutly bred horse by uh, Galileo out of a R- Riddlesdale winner. You would think something like the Voltager into the ledger with half an eye and him being a cup horse next season. He's 12 for the ledger. He, he would actually quite interest me, actually. Yeah. Um, I think that was... Did someone say that's Ryan's first ever ride at that course? Yeah, Ross Common. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's 12s with the sports with a ledger. I'm actually a big fan of Tower of London, actually, the, from the stable. Actually, I think I think Hennessy actually rode Tower of London at Down Royal, actually. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought 12s was, was... It's very hard to have a bet when you don't know the running plans, but 16 on the exchange... That would have half interest me. I was quite impressed by that. Oh, I was, I was looking there just out of interest in amongst all the, the excitement of Ryan Moore riding at Roscommon. Um, like Ryan's only ridden at nine Irish tracks in his career, which is probably yeah. a smaller number than, than one might expect. How many Irish obvious. tracks are there? Sorry for showing my ignorance. Was it 26, something like that now? Um, uh, something like that. Now, some of those would be national. There's a couple there that have national hunt only now, but... Um, yeah, like it's. I'm looking here, it's like primarily at the Curra, Leopardstown, obviously, Nace, Navin, and um, like only only 16 rides at Dundalk, 10 winners. Uh, <laughs> Water Ross Common, three at Gorham Park, yeah, eight at Tipperary. I just would have thought in my own head, and um, based on nothing other, other than assumption, that, that he would have um, he would have got around a bit more in Ireland over the years, but um, yeah, Ross Common, a big, big day for them now, and I believe he was uh. He 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 was kept busy with selfies and and all sorts up there. Um, he got he got a great reception up there, as you'd imagine. And I yeah, liked and in the interview when asked why 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 have you come here today or whatever, and his response was very plainly because Aidan told him to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and and luckily it was the second last race, or he'd have refused to ride. 
<laughs> last race, I'm out of that. You, no, actually, um, you you have a look at that. How many times he hasn't got a ride in the last? Be the ultimate tip that is now in future for any more rides. Yeah, the last. no, he's the, really the system boys. Someone's going to look at this and say, "Actually, Calvin, you're talking." <laughs> yeah. He rides there um, all the time, but it's interesting. Every time I do it, oh, you haven't got riding the last. That's interesting. Move on. He's a smart guy, though, isn't he? Who wants to be stuck in traffic? Um, Kevin, quick mention for America, please. We had the Belmont Derby and the Belmont Oaks. Uh, interesting European interest in these races. Primarily from a bit of Godolphin, but also Balding sending over the Foxes, who was, I think it's a hell of a run from him. I mean, oof, an unlucky oh. second. No, come you're, you're come on. Come on, the headline is a big win for Golan here. Come on, the parish of Golan, <laughs> the parish of Golan Kilfigal, Fuzzy Stack with his first grade with a fir- his first well, grade slash group I was one getting winner. to Aspen Grove but I was starting with the Belmont Derby no come on Vanessa we have to get the parish news in first uh, that, okay that's, uh, Aspen Grove uh, take it away a magnificent win for for, for my neighbour Fuzzy Stack <laughs> and you have to say fair play to him now because this Philly's rated 100 or was rated 100 um, had been run over in the Irish Guineas last time punchy called to go to the Belmont Oaks like Punchy with a capital P. No, all cap- we'll give them all capital letters. Um, very <laughs> punchy. Um, and went over, went off like, you know, 16 to 1 or something like that um, over there and uh, and went and won. You know, some effort and fairness um, justify Philly um, and ultimately won well, you know, like like missed the kick somewhat. And, um, I was, you know, didn't look terribly promising at one point, but the gap came. Oshin Murphy, bang. Excuse me, goes and wins, and w- will have been um, will have been a little bit sweet for Fozzie, I suspect, because back in third was a was a filly he used to train um, before she left to go to America, and and she won a, a Grade Two herself um, earlier this year. So to go and run over and and beat the one he used to train, um, he'd never say that, but I'd say it for her must have been uh, must have been quite sweet too. Um, so yeah, fair play to Fozzie. Um, and Oshin, yeah, great success. Really, you, you you love to see Punchy campaigning, rewarded uh, because it's a long way there, and it's it's a long way home if you run to a hundred and um, and finish down the field. You know, you look like a right old idiot. So, um, fair play to them. Um, really justified the the confidence that they clearly had in this filly. Um, and I think and I believe that she she might be going rolling again. And um, you've got a lovely series of races over there, similar races. Um, at Saratoga and the likes, so um, this won't be her um, her only American adventure, I'd imagine. Saratoga, I'm making my debut voyage to Saratoga this oh, year. Oh, I really, I really want to go. I really want. It. Everyone says it's class. Everyone says it's absolutely class. Everyone who I've spoken to is just like, oh god, like a, you're so jammy. B, it's the best time ever. C, it's the best place ever. The racing's great. I actually might just not come home. So there we have it. Yeah, uh, yeah. all the well-heeled New York Society people go to Saratoga, don't they? Yeah, and so I. And uh, well you be well at home as well. Don't, <laughs> don't you worry about that. Yeah. Um, shall we do a little bit of French chat? A little bit. Um, Obviously, we had a couple of great group ones over in France this weekend. Let's kick off with Westover winning the Grand Prix de Saint-Cloud. And there's now 6-1 to one for the King George. But I, I've slightly made a derogatory comment or two about this horse on the podcast before TC. And yeah. look, I know he's won a group one, whatever, but it was a group one in name only for me, I'm afraid. And everyone's like, oh, he's back, he's back, he's a brilliant horse. I don't know. I need to see it from a better in a better field. A bit harsh, isn't it? Seven-length Irish Derby winner. Uh, Chased so many up, John, at Epsom. We know how good that form is. Chased home at certain Equinox in Dubai. It's not like me to be so harsh on a horse, but I just think he gets more... Uh, I'm like, look, six to one, I can, for King George, take it or leave it. Uh, I don't know what to make of that pre-John Pratt, because that horse looked an absolute monster, didn't it? I mean, I didn't have a really Mm. look at the race. Um, from from a betting point of view, but um, I went back and have a look at that. I don't know how that went off at forties because it won the Jebel, beating British Guy went off at eights. Um, didn't run badly in the French Guineas, and apparently there are excuses when it was second the time before. So 
Yeah, perhaps I should pay more attention to French racing. Well, that is a classic aftertime, that isn't it? Oh, geez, <laughs> cut that bit, cut that bit <laughs> out. Really is aftertime. You've gone down, you've breezed past Westover, you've jumped straight onto the. I know because I want to get into Dylan Kitts. I want. I don't want to run out of time. We're not. We're not because we, do you know why we're not going to run out of time? To because you're on the ball. No, because we don't have Betfair Barry today. Kieran couldn't give anything, could he? <laughs> um, no, quick mention, <laughs> quick mention to the pre-show Pratt before we do move on, Brendan, um, because obviously it's a race that the English and the Irish come over and try and pinpoint, and they've got a good record in it, and not a bit of it this year. Loads of disappointments for us in behind. Mike, Mike, oh, speaking to the mic. Mike, well done. Um, loads of disappointments, Brendan, which I was, yeah, left a bit flat over, including obviously Caldine, but others mm. in there too. And meanwhile, you've got a 40 to 1 winner beating a 14 to 1 winner, and it's the French 1, 2, 3 in an unexpected way. Yes, well, very, very unexpected for me. I thought uh, Chaldean it, it would win. Uh, you, you will know from previous pods that I'm a huge fan of his. And in fairness, except for the, the time, uh, his debut run and the time Frankie fell off him, it's the only disappointment he's ever had in his career. So, so I'll give him a pass and um, hopefully, hopefully he'll be back to show, show us true colours. As for the winner, I mean, it's exactly like Tony said, you don't see Group 1's won like that very often. It was basically a hands and heels job. So given the price and given the profile coming into the race, I'm inclined not to believe it. Oh, a doubter, a doubter. Mm. Um, okay, let's move on. That is the race review section done and dusted. And we will kick on to all things news and TC. Your wish is my command. <laughs> let's talk all things Dylan Kitts. Dylan Kitts and Hilson, this ride that took place during the week, a 17-race maiden, having his first run for trainer Chris Honor, ridden by Dylan Kitts, who was booked for the ride. Seemingly, it's transpired, I think, more by the owners than the trainer. But anyway, these are just the facts we're focusing on. Uh, loads of you, everyone would have seen the race by now. Essentially, the horse comes there seemingly travelling on the bridle. Uh, Dylan doesn't make a huge amount of effort, it would seem, from the saddle to ride any sort of finish, really, at all. And the horse takes himself into finishing a close third it wasn't just a bad look it was a really really terrible look obviously the stewards looked into it on the day they banned the horse from running for 40 days and they referred Dylan to the BHA where the BHA have subsequently come out with the following statement which reads BHA can confirm that it has been agreed that jockey Dylan Kitts will not take any rides or attend any race courses at this time as an investigation following a referral by the stewards at Worcester on Wednesday the 5th of July continues. TC, those are the facts, mm. but flesh it out for us, please. Well, I don't know who that was agreed by, uh, but we'll come on to that in a moment. Um, yeah, what I mean, was this agreed was, by? What was agreed by? The same he just read out, it, it, they said it was agreed that Dylan Kitts wouldn't ride or attend racecourses while the... Oh, I see. Sorry, yeah. Agreed. I mean, why is that chucked in there? I mean, agreed with by who? Um I wouldn't have thought the jockey would agree to it, but there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a curious one, isn't it? Because, uh, I mean, I I'll, I'll actually say this now. I wasn't watching the overnight markets, but apparently um, the horse had a very similar profile to the owner's Brefney boy who, who racked up, who improved from 100 to 134 in the space of about, you know, five months, you know, padding to like um, last year when trained by Johnny Farrelly for the same same owner, Alan Clegg. Now, apparently the horse, very unexposed profile, one of these horses that can pop up out of nowhere. They haven't shown a lot, but there's enough promise in there to suggest that off a falling handicap mark, they were going to get punted at some stage, given the connections. Um, apparently it was 10s to 15 to 8 overnight. What that entails, how much that entails, Brendan will probably tell you, haven't worked for a bookmaker, I would say incredibly little. Must have drifted throughout the day because it opened up sevens, went off elevens, um, and everyone saw an absolutely disgraceful ride, didn't it? Um, so horse got 40 days. Um, uh, but my main issue with this is the BHA have come out and said jockey's not allowed to ride till while the inquiry is going on. How long is that going to last? I don't know. Um, you know, not an even allowed to attend race courses. Um, so presumably if he does work as a freelance looking at it you know he might do a lot of uh, work for Warren Grey Treks actually Gordon Elliott actually gave him a ride recently as well um, so I think that was over punitive I thought it was unnecessary 
my main problem with this is everyone knows that that jockey didn't just decide to pull that horse. Everyone knows he was told to, uh, whether it be by the owner, trainer or associates of the owner. So that's why I'm singling out the jockey for this kind of treatment. It's, it's just, it's a very bad look. It's typical. It, it'd be, it'd be dangerous to say that with certainty, Tony. And I'm not, uh, no, no, I'm not saying it with certainty, but I, I would say, mm. I, I actually tweet, I think 99% uh, time a jockey is riding to instructions in this matter. Obviously, a certain rogue element might take it into their own hands, but I'm not so sure. And what's really kind of like interesting here, and like I said, I don't like the way they've singled out the jockey. It's as if they've kind of like made their made their decision early because they haven't done anything with the owner and trainer. Now, it's interesting that the trainer said he wanted to book, um, what was his name? Uh, Brian Carver. But the owner, he said the owner insisted uh, that they book Dylan Kitts. Now, Dylan Kitts has got 14 days for a non-trier at Warwick in May. So that that gives you, that that, that adds another layer into it. But the, the other layer is the owner's come out and denies it. He denied it and say, I didn't tell the trainer that whatsoever. And then the trainer's come back and said, actually, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the owner. It was two of his associates. Now, having asked around on Saturday, you know, this is, to single out the jockey here is bang wrong. Um, don't get me wrong, chuck the book at him because at the end of the day, he's got the he's, he has got the he's got the right to say no, I'm not doing it and ride accordingly. Now the ramifications of that with these certain connection uh, sets of owners might be a bit more dramatic than getting warned, uh, getting you know suspended for indefinitely while the inquiry is going on. But yeah, I mean, I've got no problem with all this, but I. I they, you know, they should send out, given the mixed signals, and that's being kind, from the trainer and the owner, who've been very vocal on this, while the, the, the jockey said nothing, and they decided to, it's typical BHA. You know, if this was Frankie getting done uh, for a non-trier or never a high-profile jockey, no way in the world would they say, you're not riding and and you're not, and you're not, attend, you're not allowed to attend a race course. I just think it's, it sends out a signal that they've made their mind up, and I'm 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 unhappy with the way it's the way it's pulled out. For all kits, is bang wrong. But given the statement, uh, Kevin, I'll come to you next on this. I was inclined to think there's there's the BHA might have more information than we currently have in the public domain to come out with a statement like that. Um, that that wouldn't be an unreasonable assumption. Um, but I suppose to play devil's advocate, we have seen in the past that that the BHA can be quite reactionary in the face of a, a lot of noise. Um, you know, we saw that. Um, I, maybe not the best example, but we saw that with with the Gordon Elliott affair. You know, they moved. You know, long before the Irish authorities did. Um, you know, which which was quite controversial at the time. Um, one would like to hope that they know something we don't know as of yet. Um, but otherwise, um, it would seem to be quite reactionary, etc. But look, it, it, it looked horrendous. It was an extreme example of this type of thing. Um, and, and you know, people were, were rightfully up in arms over it. Um, hopefully, the investigation doesn't take forever. Um, I'd imagine I, I read some some comments that, that I, I I couldn't verify it with my own eyes, some comments about the in-running betting um, being that's quite that's that's wrong, wrong, was it? It was going around, like, a, a, an old colleague of my bet colleague, T. Johnson, pointed me, uh, said on, on the Timeform site, they had an in-running low of 13. Now, I actually went and had a look at the Timeform. I actually retweeted that. Then I had a, went and had a look at the, the Timeform site, and it indeed said never went lower than 12s in running, which is preposterous because it should have traded 10s mm. on um apparently james moore uh the bha lead investigator on betting matters actually said no that's not that's not correct um they've had a look there were a load of bets struck uh single figures and actually hit a low of 2.36 in oh, okay yeah uh, itv were wrong to, to go with the 12 to one line and i've seen other people go wrong there i mean it is still wrong on the time form site but it was apparently hit a low of 2.36 which is still ridiculously big considering Mm. Yeah, like a certainty all the way. Yeah, look, you'd imagine that they that they'll be looking into that. Um, even if it wasn't as extreme uh, as the the time form site suggests. 
um, they'll be looking into that and, and trying to make any potential connections with bet, with betting patterns and, and and people that um might have been in a position to to influence decisions that were made. Um, but look, it, it, it looked awful. Um, the BHJ, I'm sure, will be keen to get to the bottom of it and um and wield a heavy hammer if um if, if it's needed. Um, and yeah, like I say, just an an extreme example of this type of thing, the type of thing we don't need. Um, from a from a perception point of view, because um, we all know that the cynical eyes that many view racing through and something like this just um, adds fuel to that particular fire and an extreme example of it, of it. Brendan, do you have anything more to add before we know any more facts? This is obviously going to be a story that does unravel over the coming weeks, we would imagine. I'm sure we'll be talking about it plenty more. But at this stage, given the facts that we know about, do you have anything Mike. to add? Hello. Yeah. No. So I just lost you. You just tailed off there, Vanessa. I was basically just just asking for your your views on this. Obviously, we're going to be discussing it plenty as it unfolds. I'm sure there's more information to come to light. But at this stage, do you, Brendan, have anything more to add? Not not, not a whole pile to add. I I I I don't understand that. I mean, I I, I understand that the jockey's done it, and either did. Someone connected with the horse has suggested that today's not the day. I get that the story checks out in, in, in terms of the, the preamble, but I, I you would just think that this does happen now again. Non trials are very much exaggerated in, in, in racing, in, in my opinion, but this but this will happen um, occasionally. And the jockey, there's a sort of a, a tacit understanding, I think, that the jockey says, okay, but it's kind of you know, I I have to make some effort, and if if the horse is too well in, I just and I can't stop it. It's going to have to go and win. And I'm just curious as to what went through his head. That how he, I mean, it's as bad as the lads have said. It's as bad as you see that he just says, okay, the the the, the horse is stone well in. There was absolutely nothing I do. I had to make an an effort. I understand that I'd probably never ride for you again if. Those instructions were were given, um, but I still think he just has to go and he just has to go and win the race, doesn't he? I mean, it, it, it's just a, it, it, it wasn't the plan, but he just has to go and win the race. Don't you think I that's don't, indicative I, of a frightened mindset? Because well, I mean, well, I suppose that that would be the thing if if the repercussions were greater, then yeah. he's going to lose the ride. I I, I don't know. I don't know anything about the connection, but that would make sense for, for something like that to happen. That would make it some sense. Just, yeah. just very quickly, I mean, there have been non high profile non try cases in Ireland. I think they might have been, there's one with a JP McManus source about two or three years ago, wasn't there? I think yeah, that actually got overturned on appeal. But in Ireland, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't ban the jockey for the duration of the inquiry and say you can't go and go about your business on race courses as well, would they? No, can't recall that ever happening. Can't recall that ever happening at all. Um, no, I wouldn't say there's a precedent for that over here. Could be yeah. mistaken. Potentially more information still be to come out about this particular case. We, I'm sure we'll be discussing it, like I said, on the pod in the following weeks. Um, couple of bans to discuss. One sort of sad, well, actually both pretty sad, uh, but the first of which is the jump jockey, Alan Doyle, who's had his licence withdrawn after testing positive for cocaine. He won't be riding for six months um, I think he tested back in March as a positive sample. He sounds, reading the article in the report, as if he's somebody who's had a few issues in recent times. And it's another sad case of a jockey going down that route and being caught. Uh, but it's something you flagged up, TC. Yeah, well, I don't know anything about this. I think, I think he was, I think this was a sentencing. I think they made the decision in May, I think it was, uh, the Alan Doyle, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just 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 happens occasionally with jockeys, doesn't it? We all we all know the pressures they're under, weight pressures and and the like. Yeah, uh, so I think six months is pretty much standard, isn't it? I think that's what the likes of Gianni got, isn't it, and things like that. Yeah, Gianni. Yeah, just the just a society issue, isn't it? Like yeah. I was only read, Can't I was only read, I was only reading an article before we came on, like about the the stats on cocaine usage in Ireland. Like it's just like absolutely absolutely rampant 
and um, inevitably that's going to that's going to find its way into into sports people um, during you know inverted commas downtime and um, you know clearly quite like a whole heap of them have um, have tested positive there in the last few years. I know the IHRB made a big play a couple of years ago to bring in like like giant bands for it. And it, it may have slowed down the positives a little bit, but they're still coming in, in practice. They don't actually use the, the in practice. They tend to suspend, you know, the majority of the sentence in, in lieu of, you know, a potential second breach, which has happened a couple of times. So, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a, it's a big old issue now in society in general, but, but clearly in, um, in sport too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, you know, there's been multiple bands and like, TC just said, you know, Marco Gianni there. And I know it it sort of sums up the state of society with and their relationship with cocaine that like these bands kind of wash over me a bit now. It's just like, oh, another six months for another jockey. It's, it happens so regularly, I mean, that it's just not shocking anymore. It's a bit sort of like part and parcel of the game, which is a very sad yeah. state of affairs to be in, essentially. Yeah, I mean, um, financially, it's an enormous hit, isn't it? Enormous. I mean, yeah, on loads of levels. But anyway, uh, we wish him the best in, I think he's good doing a stint in rehab. So we wish him the best with that. I'm sure he'll be back riding after six months, winning a few winners. Um, and then the other ban is a bit more of a serious one. Well, definitely a more serious one. And it's the former trainer, Lee James, who's had his license suspended for three years off the back of being found guilty of three charges all in relation to the treatment of horses in his care, veterinary care. I mean, some details in there in the findings. Brendan, I think we'll come to you first here on this, which I don't know, like every time I read these sort of welfare hearings and some of the details, it's just so, it's not just disappointing. It's terrifying because I think in 2023, I just maybe I'm naive, but I just presume that racehorse trainers look after horses to the best of their ability. And in this case, this man didn't. Well, no, absolutely. I, uh, so you're totally shocked, but they are very rare. That's the encouragement. There's a lot of trainers uh, looking after a lot of horses. And you're, you're right. They are rare. You're completely yeah. shocked. Uh, but but, but as, as you should be, I suspect with, with all your hounds running around there, it's like uh, it's like my brother. Uh, the dog would eat before he would. You know that that's just the, the way people uh, look, yeah. look after their their animals. Um, now, when I mind the dog, I eat first. But anyway, that's probably why uh, <laughs> I should only I should only get a, a, a temporary temporary. Uh, you were going to announce there that you eat the dog, which would have been quite <laughs> yeah. a revelation on the podcast. Uh, that's that's so, Brendan Jukes dog sitting uh, business gone uh, tits up very quickly. Yeah. Up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, they're, they're mercifully rare and uh, they have to throw the book at them absolutely because part of the social contract is that the horses will be cared for which which they generally are they generally are yeah but is, is three years enough TC when we do this I, I go through when we do this I go through all the BHA um, stewards reports and I go through all the kind of like you know the disciplinary hearings and stuff like that so I had the unfortunate um, need to, to actually go through and read all of that. And I mean, you did give him a good hiding, wouldn't you? I mean, Jesus, the stuff that he wasn't doing, no yeah. dental care, not even adequate bedding. And that's at the lower end of the, the, the kind of stuff that was going on. It's just, um, I mean, thankfully it is rare. Um, and thankfully, the big H have gold, got hold of this guy and done him for three years. Is three years enough? That's for other people to to decide. I would su I would suggest that I wouldn't want him in three years' time. I wouldn't want him in a position to be training racecourses or being being care of them. Um, yeah, I, I just it was a it was a sickening read. It was a sickening read, and um, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm surprised in the current climate then that people haven't really picked up on it because I I didn't see an actual um story on this anywhere um but maybe just as well because it's off-putting it's pretty off yeah off-putting is saying it light putting it lightly Kev I mean for me reading through some of the details myself I you know echoing what TC said there you know it's like 
I know it's all on a scale and they've come to a three-year withdrawal of the license given. But, you know, you look at other suspensions and you think, does three years really sit right when it comes to like horse welfare, which we bang on about being at like the absolute yeah. heart of our sport. And then, you know, other people go to Greece at the wrong time and get a year ban. I don't know. It's just, I know it's not comparable, but sometimes you do look at the length of bans. And in this particular case, I thought, come on, should be double that, surely. Yeah, no, look, I agree. Look, look, welfare-related stuff, they should be coming down like an absolute ton of bricks on. They really should. Um, we've had similar things in Ireland as well, like particularly bad cases that got kind of eyebrow-raisingly lenient sentences. Um, for me, this is another one. Um, like, as I say, look, welfare is the foundation stone of what we're doing here. You know, it's the most important thing now in the past, especially going forward. And look, standards are like I would say exceptionally high in in Britain and Ireland, you know, in terms of um, you know, from from a from a from the bloodstock sector and the racing sector. And look, when someone falls so clearly below um the high standards that we set, you know, you, you have to drop the hammer. You have to drop the hammer. And someone say, look, the hammer has been dropped. This is a tough sentence, but I think you have to you have to 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 make an example here and make any everyone aware that look if you're not in a if you're not willing or in a position to provide the, the very highest standards of care to thoroughbreds you know you, sh you shouldn't have them you shouldn't have them do something else um do something else because this is only the only the highest standards are, are acceptable here um because cases like this um and others you know talk about bringing racing into disrepute you know that that's the very definition of it you know, this is the type of thing that when we engage with some of our opponents, that they'll be pulling up news articles about this, holding them up and say, oh, you care about horses, do you? Yeah, exactly. You know, this this is the type of thing we, we just have to avoid happening. You know, and, you know, and, and, if, and as I always say, on like any number of issues, if the deterrent is sufficient, you know, you stop the cases happening. And that's what we should be aiming for. It's not about dealing with them properly when they come about. It's, it should be about stopping them happening in the first place. And um, I don't know if if that will be achieved by this punishment. But the only thing here is, I mean, they can't hold up a news story because I couldn't find any any news out, racing news outlet that followed this up. But fair play to the BHA. They got hold of this. They've at least kind of like addressed it in detail. Uh, you know, they didn't put any punches on on, on the on the disciplinary report so no yeah i mean it was on the yeah. racing post website oh was it i oh, didn't yeah. see that didn't see it that. was yeah I I the article on there. there was something when he got i think there was something when he actually got found guilty i think the actual oh written, i see yeah, yeah. 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 And, and like, they haven't been and obviously the written reasons written reasons are the damning part of of the old episode but yeah well uh, look, well done to bha for, for picking it up acting we think three years is lenient but at least they've got him off get him off get him off the books yeah okay that wraps up the show unless anyone else got anything else to add brendan you're looking like you might just pipe in with a final little thought oh the one point did you think the foxes was unlucky in america i did yeah yeah okay. i thought so I, as well yeah i, I thought, I thought so. the best horse won so uh, we, oh. we we leave we, we, we leave you with that just hanging there have you Do got a picture of Paddington I mean, I, I in your bedroom now, Brendan? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no pictures as, as so far. I'm waiting until uh, just a little teddy bear. <laughs> oh, good night. It won't be a teddy bear and Paddington bear. It'll just be an Aiden O'Brien teddy bear. Brendan's got the Brendan's got the Aiden O'Brien pajamas, and he's got the Paddington bear. <laughs> yeah. Brendan's going to feed the dogs marmalade sandwiches. Aren't they, <laughs> never, never, never mind. But only after he's had his fill first. Yeah. Never mind. My day time. Big love affair of the summer is Brendan Duke and Paddington. Love it. I'm here for it. Um, Duffel coat next next Monday, Brendan. Duffel coat next Monday. Oh, I bet you. Well, I, Duffel well I, as well. I, I think I need to go and watch an episode of Paddington, and uh, then I come back to that and I get all these references. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, Brendan, Halloween's only three and a half months away now. If you dress up as Paddington Bear for Halloween, that 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 would be that would make that would be. Can we make that request officially on behalf of the podcast audience? If he does that, I'll give a hundred quid to the IJF. 
No doubt. There we go. There we go. <laughs> okay. That's everything. Yeah. I'll do that. Right. Okay, guys. Uh, fun as always on a Monday morning, and it's July week, so we will be back uh, tomorrow. Well, we're recording Tuesday looking ahead to Thursday's racing. And then we'll also be, be doing a pod for Friday and Saturday. So you've got loads of racing only better coming your way for the July festival. Um, but for the time being, have a good week, everyone. Enjoy. Thank you very much for listening. That was Betfair's Wade in podcast. <laughs>